You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Uh, and Kentucky is SEC regular season champions for the 49th time in program history, sixth time in 11 seasons under John Calipari, and the number one seed for the SEC tournament after beating Auburn uh, 73-66 on Saturday in a uh, big-time win for the program. Uh, Kentucky had won seven in a row. The last loss was to Auburn, so to go ahead and and avenge that loss, make it eight in a row, uh, improve your – kind of validate your win streak and improve your net ranking and – and prove to yourselves, as John Calipari said, that you could play in a physical rough-and-tumble game and come out on top. Uh, I think the confidence in this team just continues to grow and grow. My biggest takeaway from the game was that Ashton Hagens, after having six assists and 13 turnovers in his previous two games against Auburn and then having several weeks of uh, turnover problems, uh, that he turned it around. Uh, in this game, he performed well in this game. It, the problem didn't just continue to pile upon itself. He stepped up and played well. He went two for 13 shooting the ball, but that doesn't really tell the whole story. He got to the rim. He was able to, um, you know, force people to, to respect his shot outside a little bit. He distributed it well. He was super involved defensively. Um, I mean, he affected the game in a big way, and as Calipari said, uh, you know, shooting is not why he's so valuable to us. So if he goes two for 13, that's fine as long as he keeps his turnovers low, the assists up, defends the way he does, and, and is just a, you know, a disruptor on defense, which he was. Yeah, I thought that was a, a pretty significant um, improvement. I, I agree, too, that the two for 13 was a little misleading. I don't think he really took any or, or certainly not many bad shots in that. Uh, you know, took a couple threes. I know nobody wants him to take threes, but they do want him to take open ones, and he he was open. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of the misses were just the sort of baffling at the rim misses, but they were after really good drives and they were good shots. I mean, he had good looks. Um, so I thought he played really in control. And Cal said afterward, like if you play like this, you know, I told him don't worry about the two for thirteen. If you play like this, you know, we're good. Yeah, we we, we win, and I think he's right about that. Um, so that was big. And then the fact that, you know, Emmanuel quickly is coming off his back-to-back career scoring games, 56 points in the previous two games. He can't buy a bucket. He's three for 10, one for five from three. And then still score, not only scores 18, but gets the first career double-double with those 12 rebounds. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good stuff, and then to, the, to find his way to the free throw line. Yeah, 11, free 11 of eleven. You know, he's on another hot streak. He's made uh, seventeen in a row and uh, twenty-two out of twenty-three. I think um, he's over. I think over. Yeah, he's over ninety-two percent again. Ninety-two point two percent from the free throw line for the season. Yeah. So he's still still trying to chase down Tyler Hero. And that school record, but um, those were big things. And then I thought um, Tyrese Maxey played another like really complete game. 
Yes, he did. For Kentucky, and I think he's had a few of those lately where you just look and go, he, he did a little bit of everything. Um, 17 yeah, since points. That, since that, what, what game was that? Uh, uh, you know, that, that Calipari said this is, was his best game. He, he, he's never played through contact like this. Yeah, I can't even remember. But Yeah, I can't. But since then, I've paid more attention. And, yeah, he, he is attacking he, that rim. He's attacking. He's great at finishing. You know, 17.7 rebounds. That's the other thing. You know, quickly and him combined for 19 rebounds. That's how you combat a really good rebounding team like Auburn and end up in a dead tie, 38 all on the glass, uh, when Nick Richards only has three rebounds. And EJ, well, EJ Montgomery actually got six. Six, but, yeah. Um, you know, and the four had, position with, I mean, EJ, Nate, and Keon, each of them did big things at different times in the game and combined, because they're collectively the four position, 20 and 11. Yeah, that's, and we, that's good. That's what I've continued to say for a while. Is you know, I just I think you just have to think of it as one position. You know, one like it's like Moneyball when they try to replace yeah. Giambi at first base. Right. What do you What are you yeah. getting out of the four spot? And if they can get twenty and eleven out of the four spot, and Keon Brooks had the loudest four point three rebound game I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, uh, he did a couple crazy things. Uh, really showed off his athleticism in that game. And just hustle. Like, he just had this flurry of energy um, that I I thought was really impressive. So, that was all good stuff. Nate Sestina making shots again. Um, You know, scored 11 points on six attempts. Well, and he stopped the bleeding on that, you know, that run that Auburn was on. It was 20 to 11. And and Sestina gets a basket to start it the other way. And then during that 20 to 3 run... Brooks had the dunk, and then he had that tip in of uh, Hagen's miss, right? I mean, so the, it was big for those, you know, that, yeah. that moment in the game. Yeah, I think he had four straight points for them and hits a three-pointer right before halftime. Um, he was, I thought he was good. He's you know, got his senior night coming up. Um, we'll talk about on the next episode, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I thought it was a, a pretty – just kind of across the board. Um, oh, I, I never did finish giving uh, Tyrese Maxey stat line: seventeen points, seven rebounds, four assists, uh, two steals. Um, I thought just a very solid yeah. game from him. He had seven of eight from the free throw line. That's the other thing. They were twenty-seven of thirty-three mm-hmm. at the line, eighty-two percent again. And I just continue to think that is going to rear its head in the positive way. You know, there's so yeah. many times, so many seasons where you, you're kind of looking at Kentucky or one of Cal Perry's teams like Memphis at their free throw shooting and going, man, this is going to rear its head. <laughs> you know, right. and it has, and it has. Um, and this year you think this is going to rear its head in a positive way. They are, they remain third in the country in free throw percentage at all, just shy of 80% as a team. And that's just, it's a thing you, that gets taken for granted a lot that I think is going to be a massive deal for Kentucky playing all these close games in a tournament that every everything is going to be sort of a fist fight. Especially when you know they go two for 13 from three because they've done that enough this season that, that that's going to happen in the tournament. One of those tournament right. games, Kentucky's going to go two for 13 from three and they're going to need to have 20 free throws made or 18 or something like that to be in it. Hey, we want to talk about, we have to talk about, you know, 
Evansville, Evansville, Evansville. That that uh, <laughs> that was uh, sparked by your just mere mention of the name of that of that town and school, and Calipari took off on it. And we got to talk about that. We will do it next when the Locked On Kentucky podcast continues. At Buffalo Trace Distillery, the world's most award-winning distillery, see 200 years of bourbon-making history in action. Smell the mash cooking. Touch the charred oak barrels aging in century-old warehouses. Hear the tales of bourbon legends Taylor, Blanton, Weller, and Lee. And taste award-winning spirits at America's oldest continually operating distillery. Experience a tour for every taste. Buffalo Trace Distillery offers six unique complimentary tours seven days a week, year-round like the popular Trace Tour, or see Bourbon Pompeii and walk through history on the E.H. Taylor Tour. Visit the world's bourbon destination, Buffalo Trace Distillery. To learn more about the distillery's history and spirits, visit buffalotracedistillery.com. Mention that you heard about Buffalo Trace Distillery on the Locked On Kentucky podcast, and you get 10% off merchandise at the gift shop. You are Locked On Kentucky. Your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast, and uh, Kyle, you were you were trying to ask Calipari an innocent enough question, and uh, I brought it up on. I had to, you know, show his answer on our uh, Out of Bounds uh, show on Fox Fifty Six, and uh, I said basically what you were trying to ask him was that, you know, in a season that you're now SEC champs and the we know you don't play for conference titles. That's not what's important. You know, it's the national championship you're after. But, you know, to win the conference regular season title in uh, a season where, you know, in a four-month span you had lost uh, to Evansville, uh, you know, and had that bad trip in, in Las Vegas, and now here you are. That's it, right? Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was literally that was it. just a, like, look how far you've come question. <laughs> exactly. Like a chance, like a you've chance, come a long way, baby. Like, like a chance to, like, <laughs> brag about – you know, and he he sort of did take it and run with it, but he did it in his own Caliparian style. And if, I've come to learn, it's funny that like some people have been mad about, like thought that I was like one that I was being like overly negative on the day they clinched the SEC championship. Oh, why would you bring up Evansville? And the other <laughs> one was like that Cal like owned me. I've seen that all over the internet. He owned me, smacked you down. Well, he reached that- out through intermediaries today to make specifically clear that like he didn't he thought it was all funny and like there was no animosity at all it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't contentious it was funny like i kept trying to get the question out and he was right he i, said, I thought that was funny i was laughing you're like i concede and then you yeah, go i give up, I give up. <laughs> nobody nobody really heard the i concede i didn't think but i finally i said i give up but um no, he had a rant that he wanted to go on for several weeks. I'm very clear on this. Uh, he he wanted to make sure that he thought his team was really good before he went on it. I think, and I think the minimum might have been clinch the SEC, have something in the barn, mm-hmm. and then I will feel safe to unleash on this. Um, he's wanted to rant about Evansville because he's our. Everything he's saying publicly right now about his team is is laying the ground, groundwork for the NCAA tournament committee. Oh yes, I mean it's all lobbying. Yeah, uh, and so he loved anybody mentioning Evansville. It was like it was like okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna launch my uh, my uh, spiel, and he did. And it was I thought it was all really funny. And then 
after I said I give up, he finally actually answered the question. Yes. Which is, I never stopped believing in this team. I told him that, uh, you know, I knew we'd be okay. We'd be in the NCAA tournament, you know, and then. Well, then he said, I didn't know we would be this. Right. Like, I didn't know we would be where we are to where I'm at the point where I'm comfortable ranting about Evansville right now. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I mean. That's how I took all that. I don't know how anyone. Maybe it's just because, um, you know, I've been in it. I don't know. Do you have to have been in press conferences and answer questions and, I mean, ask questions to to get what that was? I, I don't think so. I don't so. know. A bunch of – because, like, apparently they carried it live on CBS, and so a bunch of people saw it. And uh, I got a bunch of messages immediately, like, both on Twitter and, like, text message and stuff. And people – other people were like, this is so – this is very funny. Right. And that's funny. That was my take on it, that it was just funny. Like, I was not mad or amused. I mean, I was not mad or, or, or thought we had, like, just had an argument. Like, I was amused. And it got a, like, I built a whole story around that interaction. And then he, it also made it because he circled back to it on his last question when somebody said, Yeah. You know, did you ever expect Emmanuel quickly to get 12 rebounds in a game? And he's just, Quick-witted as anything, said, "I yeah, I thought he'd get 12 in the Evansville game. <laughs> and then, you know, give them credit. They played great, but uh, I'm going to be hearing about this forever. Yeah, uh, you know, Evansville, Evansville, Evansville. Um, and I well, thought that was great. he knew I mean, he would make a splash with that. Like, that was the highlight of yeah, it. And exactly. it was a I mean, CBS game. Yes. And, and so he's getting what he wants out of it. And yeah, he didn't. There was it, no owning you. There was no intent at you, it could have been anybody. Yeah, I think he was gonna give. He was going to give that spiel. If it wasn't in that post game, it was going to be soon, mm-hmm. uh, and it probably was going to be in that post game regardless. Um, it just happened that I unwittingly teed him up beautifully. Yeah. Um, but he's made his point. Like the his point, the point in Evansville, Evansville, Evansville. Everybody, only time anybody talks about our team, all they want to say is one word: Evansville, Evansville, Evansville. Um, the point of that, and by making it like a viral video clip that's all over now, um, is to remind people like, you know, everybody's kind of losing to crap teams this year. Yes. And also, nobody has won as bad as Evansville, period. Sorry, you don't. Uh, they don't. But. His, yeah, they have the dubious distinction now of being the only AP number one ranked team to lose at home to a team that went on to lose every single conference game. Yeah, yeah. Evansville completed the 0 and 18 sweep. Yeah. Of their league, it's bad. I mean, it's a bad. It's a. There's just no way it's to historically bad to argue yes. that it isn't uh, bad. Evansville nine and 22. But it um, was on November 12th. And that was the thing. Cal, so Cal gives the date. He, he's very careful to say November 12th. I think he said November 12th twi- 12th twice. The other thing that's notable is for the first time. He really went like all in on sort of an excuse for why they lost, mm-hmm. yeah. which was EJ didn't play, and he I don't think he ever said flu before. He ends up saying Ashton Hagens and Nick Richards played that game with the flu, which seems very socially irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be really pissed if I was the other team. <laughs> uh, Maybe that's what happened to him. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Everybody got the flu and never got over it. But he... He's definitely laying the groundwork that other teams have bad losses. Remember, ours was on November the 12th, so it's like the second week of the season. And also, we had this guy hurt and these two guys sick. 
he want like why would he the only people he's telling that to are the tournament committee um, yeah and I think he's got I mean so like that's kind of what I was getting at in the first place like that was a long time ago and right. maybe it's time to like move past it because now the fact of the matter is as I wrote they they have won eight straight they have won uh, 12 out of 13 they have won 16 out of 18 since Las Vegas, since leaving with back, Las Vegas with back-to-back losses. And since that game, they have beaten seven net-ranking top 50 teams. Uh, not yeah. since the Evansville game, but since, since Vegas. Since Vegas, yeah. They've beaten seven top 50 teams. Number 10, Louisville. At number 20, Texas Tech. Number 27, Auburn. Number 32, Florida. At number 33, LSU. Number thirty-nine Alabama and at number forty-one Arkansas, and by beating Auburn yesterday in a game that they led for the entire final twenty-eight minutes, they avenged their only loss in six weeks in the last six weeks. So, yeah, I mean they they're playing about as well as anybody in the country right now. Exactly because I mean, and you can really say just just really just about anybody in the country. Because Kansas has lost. Uh, he Well, no, Kansas has not lost, actually. No, I'm, Baylor. Yeah, Baylor has lost, sorry. Uh, Kansas beat Baylor. I was San Kansas, Diego State. Kansas Gonzaga. is the one, the one team that hasn't lost recently. Um, Baylor's lost. San Diego State. Did Baylor lose again, or did they come back and win? No, they lost to TCU on Saturday. Oh, brutal loss. Yeah. A bad TCU team. So they've lost. TCU's lost two out of three. I'm sorry. Baylor's lost two out of three. San Diego State has lost uh, to a almost a sub one hundred UNLV mm-hmm. team. Does that UNLV team have a losing record? I think they were fourteen and fourteen. Um, Duke has now lost three out of four, and all to unranked teams. All to unranked teams, all on the road, but all to unranked teams. Duke has lost three out of the last four to unranked teams. Has six losses. Kentucky has five. Has a bad home loss, a sub-100 home loss to Stephen F. Austin. Not as bad. Everybody wants to throw that out there. Kentucky folks do. It is not as bad as losing to Evansville. and Like, not even close in the metrics. But it's bad. So you got a bad home loss. you got six total. You've lost three of your last four. And they have, they have not budged. They are still fifth in Ken Palm and sixth in the net ranking, which That's is ridiculous. mind-boggling. I just, I don't, I don't anymore understand the computers. Uh, well, and guess, they're four and four in quadrant one. It's not like they've t- tore it up. They have four quadrant one wins and four quadrant one losses. Yeah, it's really strange. Um, so all these teams are, you know, I mean, everybody is losing. Creighton lost on Sunday at St. John's by 20. And Creighton's that's a, supposed to be the best team in the Big East, the, the highest and, ranked. That is a big, potentially big result for Kentucky if you want to play out the what if they won out all the way through the SEC tournament, could they get a two seed? And that you know helps open a door because uh, I think Creighton was going to be looked at as you know one of the teams on that line. Well, I'll tell you what, I watched uh, SEC Now, Inside College Basketball, and uh, was, uh, was watching another game. Um, and the talk was about Kentucky. It, oh, I saw Joel Lenardi pop up. And the talk was about Kentucky. Is two seed. 
they're moving towards a two seed. And all their, their talk was that nobody's playing as hot as Kentucky right now. There was no mention of Evansville. Like when Seth Davis and uh, Ryan Collins and John Rothstein are talking about Kentucky, that they're not talking about um, uh, a team who lost to Evansville. They don't bring it up. Reese Davis on college game day on Saturday said he felt like Kentucky had a run to the Final Four in them. Um, I mean – Kentucky has all this momentum going right now, and as these other teams lose to unranked teams, and Kentucky keeps winning, and then Calipari reminds you that Evansville was back in November, I think a two-seat is definitely on the table, and I think that Evansville loss does go in the rearview mirror more and more and more because when the selection committee is keeping up with college basketball, they're watching what I'm watching. They're watching inside college basketball. They're watching uh, ESPN, college game day. They're watching... Probably not SEC now, uh, but th- they're seeing the same things. They're hearing the national media talk positively about Kentucky and it being uh, on the way to a two seed and deserving. And, and I think that's going that's going to help. That kind of publicity will help. And then on top of that, they are now the highest ranked they have ever been in the net rankings since since they came out. They are now 14th, just behind Creighton and Seton Hall. And Florida State, yeah, and they've I mean, made they've made a that's been a pretty, you know, probably not enough big enough for people, but they've been jumping like three spots like each time they win here lately. Um, they went from like in the like low twenties up to fourteenth in the span of about two weeks. So it, it seems like they're actually they're getting some momentum there. It's weird that they're just stuck in the mud, just the way Duke. No matter how much they lose. Is stuck right. at five in the Ken Palm. That Kentucky, no matter how much it wins, is twenty sixth in Ken Palm. It's just that's crazy. Still, still behind fifteen and fourteen Purdue, uh, nineteen and ten Wisconsin, and eighteen and eleven Texas Tech are the three teams ahead of Kentucky right now, right ahead of them. Well, when I look at the net, and I think when the selection committee looks at the net, and they see Kansas, Gonzaga, Dayton, San Diego State, Baylor, they're going to be yes, 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 yes. Duke, probably. I don't know. Michigan State is up there at seventh. I think they're going to look favorably on them because the Big Ten is so brutal and Michigan State's the best survivor of it. I think they're going to look favorably upon Louisville. BYU is ninth in the net rankings, which I think is a little much. They did beat Gonzaga, but they're three and four in quadrant one wins. They're five and three in quadrant two. That's awful. Arizona is tenth. The fighting Mark Popes. I mean, I'm not trying to bash Mark Pope's team here. They're very good, but they they beat Gonzaga. That's it. That's Houston. it. Houston on the road. That's, Houston, a, good, that's okay. a really good win. Houston's 12th in Ken Palm. But you look at Arizona. <laughs> Arizona is 3-7 and seven in quad one, 6-2 in quad two. They've lost three consecutive games. They're 19-10 and 10 overall, 9-7 and seven in the Pac-12. How are they 10th? So I think that I would expect the selection committee to look at Arizona and understand that they don't deserve a better seed than Kentucky. Well, there's that. And then, like, you, you talk about they're going to look favorably on Michigan State and favorably on Louisville. If they start talking that out in their head, then, uh, by the yeah. way, Kentucky beat both those teams. Right. Um, and has fewer losses than both those teams. You know, if I'm weighing, if I'm weighing Kentucky against Michigan State, I don't know. I mean, I know the I know the net has Michigan State seventh and Kentucky twenty sixth, but there was also that stretch of games where 
Uh, Michigan State lost uh, six out of ten games yeah. in the league. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it's a great, it's a huge win to win at Maryland uh, on Saturday. But again, we're talking about direct results and total losses. I don't, I don't know. Baylor, uh, BYU, by the way, um, only worth continuing to talk about because they're coached by former Wildcat Mark Pope, uh, and they're fresh, pretty fresh off a week ago beating Gonzaga, a huge win. I didn't realize how some of their how good some of their numbers are. They're third in the country in offensive efficiency. They are second yeah. in the country in effective field goal percentage. They are number one in the country in three point percentage. They shoot as a team. 42% from three. Right. They're well, that's really, why they've gotten so high. Really good fit, offense. Offensive efficiency, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, How, by the way, do, do we, do we, I said by the way about 50 times. I'm uh, <laughs> on one of my ticks. Uh, do we think there's any doubt that like a Kentucky-BYU matchup oh, would get yeah. set? You know, uh, if I'm trying to yeah. think where BYU is trending to seed, so like what round that would be in. But I Kentucky's going to get get like BYU, Louisville, uh, Duke. Yep. Kansas. Possibly Kansas. Yeah. Um, it, it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. All right. We're due for a break. We'll take it now and uh, return and uh, wrap this thing up on, uh, on Locked on Kentucky. This is Locked on Kentucky. Your team every day. Okay, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky, and uh, looking at uh, we were just looking at all the net rankings and stuff, and I, I, I wonder if if the SEC is higher positioned uh, than the ACC as a conference. You know, then how is Duke and uh, Louisville? How are they both? And Florida State. You know, they're, they're the three at the top of that, that conference. How are they seen so favorably when all three of them lost to Clemson? <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's the crazy – like uh, Mark Ennis covers Louisville and has a radio show in Louisville. He has some very funny things. Kentucky fans can are probably torn on Mark because he likes to rib Kentucky, but he's a very funny guy. And he, I don't know if I can readily pull it up. But he basically said Clemson is the uh, only ghost to church on uh, Easter oh, and yeah. Christmas of yeah. college basketball. Like they only get up for for the for the holy days. That's pretty to, good. To beat uh, <laughs> to beat Duke was it Duke Carolina and and Louisville well, Duke Louisville and um, and Carol uh, Carolina and, Carolina, and Florida, but, uh, and Florida but, State. They Florida State. Florida yes. State. That was the one on Saturday. So yeah. They beaten all the Blue Bloods and then the the top ranked team. Um, in terms of the Creighton loss, so Bracket Matrix, which takes takes like every mock, has Creighton as the last two seed right now. Um, they've got Dayton, Florida State, Maryland, Creighton as two seeds. Well, as a sort of an aggregate. So I mean, you can. East. Wrapping up their season in the in the tournament, Big East tournament coming up, and how badly those teams have blackened each other's eyes. 
it, it's very favorable for Creighton to lose again. Well, yeah, uh, and then the, you know the next it up for Kentucky. The next tier, Seton Hall and Villanova are both in the two seed, in the three seed line, and Duke as well. Um, so I mean, I can see some scenarios there where Creighton loses again. I mean, you could see Maryland losing again, um, right? You know, a couple more times maybe um, in Big Ten play, and then you know, what is Seton Hall, Creighton? Villanova and the others in the Big East do to each other in that league tournament. If I do think if Kentucky, like, I was debating with one of the other writers who thought no, there was no chance Kentucky could get a two seed no matter what they do. I don't, I don't think I buy that. Like, I, I think if they can somehow stay win, uh, stay undefeated all the way through Nashville, it would be really weird to me almost to not have them as a two. Yeah, I think uh, if they go on a run and finish as because they'd be thirty wins as well, right? They're twenty five now. Yeah, they're no, they're at twenty four now. So they would be, they'd be at twenty nine wins. They'd be twenty nine and five uh, if they win the next two and win the SEC tournament. I mean, twenty nine and five out of the SEC, having won thirteen straight games, would be a really weird team to not have be a top two seed. Like Kentucky's had, Kentucky's had worse seasons. Whatever you think of the Evansville loss, Kentucky's has had worse seasons than that and gotten a two seed. Like last year. <laughs> yeah, this is you know they had a bad loss years, last year. These teams that Calipari has had have struggled in the SEC on the road. That's not been the case this year. I mean, there's two losses, both on, a, on the road, on a, but on a banked in buzzer beater in a game they were up late in. Against the the second best team in the SEC, um, which speaking of the SEC, what the I I don't know what's wrong with Florida. I mean, I thought they were on the, they were headed the right direction. Then they go to Tennessee and get clocked. They were down by nineteen in that game. So I don't know. Right now, as it stands, after everything that happened Saturday, Kentucky's the one, Auburn's the two, LSU's the three, and Mississippi State is the four. Even though they're tied with Florida, they own the tiebreaker. Uh, Arkansas, oh man! I mean, Isaiah Joe had twenty six. Mason Jones had twenty six. But Georgia and Anthony Edwards, he had twenty six, and and they go down there and lose another bad one. I thought because they got Isaiah Joe back, they'd be going back the other way. But Arkansas is their bubbles popped. Unless they do some damage in the SEC tournament, they're cooked. They're six and ten in conference. There's two games left to go, Ew. so they're not going to get to five hundred in conference play. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, it was a bad loss to yeah to a Georgia team. But LSU, they got LSU and Texas A and M left. Mm. Home LSU at Texas A and M. I mean, they got to they need to win them both. Yep, that puts you at twenty wins and eight and ten in the conference. Yeah, you you'd probably need to make Sunday. Yeah, at least it's possible. It's possible for them to get hot. Um, you know, a couple things I wanted to wrap up before we. Oh, uh, yeah, we're already almost over time. But before we go, the thing about Nick Richards and, and what Calipari said about him needing to break through against physical play, um, I don't think there's any doubt that um, the, the game plan is going to be get Nick Richards in foul trouble. You take away a, a rim protector. I mean, if he, if he goes into the tournament in one of those games, he just plays four minutes in the first half like he did uh, this game uh, against Auburn. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be trouble for Kentucky, especially in a big matchup. 
And you see how valuable he is. He had 14 points in 19 minutes. Yes. You know, 14 <laughs> five points. Five from the field. Yeah, 14 you need points. that on the floor. Three rebounds, two block shots. He had one monster block at the end. Um, he didn't play that, bad. He just didn't play enough minutes. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, and yeah, I think. That's Calipari's point, I think. When, yeah. when he's in foul trouble, he doesn't rebound as aggressively. And so, you know. I will say, the one foul, the first foul that they called on him. That was awful. He yeah, just was, had his hand there. But there he was didn't some really Wiley at all. Wiley another stumbled. Really, another really terribly officiated game, and 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 that's I mean like across the board. Auburn both had sides. Some, Auburn so had some bad. major beef, yeah. uh, legitimate beef on some calls. There was one I think Johnny Juzang was just blatantly over the back. Uh, I think one time where Nate got Nate Nate Sestina was buzzard luck. Nate Sestina was due. A, a 50-50 call going his way, but there was, I think, one where he got totally uh, bailed out by a bad call. And, I mean, there were just – it was both ways. Yeah, there was an over-the-back call on, on Auburn that was nowhere close to an over-the-back. No. no, so, you know, that's – I don't know. I, I the, the, the officiating just kills me. I mean, that this game – This particular game really stood out to me. I mean, I – you know, all season long, I try not to bang on the officials too much because I, I figure it all evens out a little bit. And But this particular game, there were many, multiple calls that were just awful. Just and it just awful. really took the air out of the game yeah. a little bit. You know, that had a chance to be a – Rupp was really good, really loud, packed. But, you know, they're just – they don't have a chance to get out and play. Um, there ended up being <laughs> – there ended up being 46 fouls. And 44 made field goals in that game. So, more fouls than made field yeah. goals. Not, not the beautiful basketball that, uh, that thrills viewers at home or in the arena. No. All right, one last thing. i got to get this in because, uh, because it, com- it comes off this, this press conference Calipari had where the first question, I believe, is about Emmanuel Quickly having 12 rebounds. And the last question is about Emmanuel Quickly having 12 rebounds. And neither time would John Calipari answer it. And this is not uh, isolated that he has refused to, to heap praise on Emmanuel Quickly when he's been given the opportunity. Like he could say, yeah, because uh, he even talked about offensive rebounding. Um, and like, we need our guards. So, so he had an opportunity to say, yeah, I mean, we really need – this is what I talk about. When your shot's not falling, how do you affect the game? Well, Manuel quickly went out there and got 12 rebounds for us, and we needed it because Nick Richards only got three because right. he was in foul trouble. And we need our guards to rebound like that. I've told them that. They have to rebound like that because we do play three guards. Uh, and uh, the way he gets to the foul line, which is something he says all the damn time. He's always yeah. like, well, get yourself to the foul line. Well, he did, and he continues to do it. And he will not – he will not praise Emmanuel quickly other no. than like, oh, yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's great. Playing good. Did you 30, see Ashton? <laughs> 39 minutes again. 18 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, one steal, one turnover in 39 minutes. And, uh, yeah, it's really weird. It's like his his stance on not talking about Emmanuel quickly is pretty strange. There's something to it. There's no doubt about it. it. I don't know if it's a superstition or if it's a grudge or 
something there's something to it that i just i just I don't really think there's a ground like i think cal loves the kid i don't know i don't know well if it it's like a mean mo- against him yeah personally oh yeah i don't know it it feels motivational motivational at this point i mean it has Could to be. be i don't know i i i don't know it's really weird <laughs> yeah all right well that'll do it uh tomorrow of course we'll talk about uh kentucky's game against tennessee they're going to honor nate sestina for senior night that's a nine o'clock tip. Um, so looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Put on some coffee. Yeah. Uh, but until then, follow us on Twitter if you're not blocked by Kyle. But uh, you can follow me at D R I E F F E R. Kyle is at not Jerry Tipton. No. I'm a, <laughs> at Kyle Tucker underscore A T H. All right. Have a great Monday, everybody. <laughs>